welcome to episode five, Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I am super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. Every two weeks, I'll share a 20 to 40 minute episode discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every other Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? In today's episode, I'll touch on two topics, self-care and substitutions. First, we'll discuss self-care. Then we're going to cut to an interview I recently did with my husband, where we talk about all of our favorite vegan things. It was a really fun, lively conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you. First, let's talk about self-care. Self-care is super incredibly important as you go vegan. As I've discussed in earlier episodes, we learned some pretty difficult things about the world and the treatment of animals, the level of cruelty that's out there, and that we contribute to when we are not vegan. And it can be really hard to process these things and deal with all of the emotion that comes up. So that's why I recommend regular self-care activities. Self-care really is anything. It's kind of a buzzword these days. You hear a lot of coaches talking about it. It is something that we seem to neglect, especially here in America. I know for sure. Self-care is not always at the top of the list. Sometimes we take really good care of everyone else and never even think about what we need. So I'm here to tell you, you need it. Self-care is anything that will help you unwind, escape, and in a good way, not in a bad way, um, or process the world around you. Some of my favorites, I am a Reiki practitioner, so I like to do Reiki on myself. Uh, I do it pretty regularly and also when I am struggling with something or, or dealing with something. I also love meditation. I enjoy journaling. Sometimes you just got to get all of those thoughts out onto some paper and either revisit it later to help you process or sometimes the act of just writing it out is enough and you can put it down and you never have to deal with it again. There are so many ways for us to process our emotions and I find that journaling, especially when you handwrite it, Sure, typing a note into your phone or, or typing something up on your laptop may be convenient, but there is something to be said about putting a pen or pencil to paper and really getting all of your thoughts and emotions out. I also really like exercising, walking. It doesn't have to be anything too crazy. I love yoga, dancing. I'll admit, that's not always my first go to it's sometimes not even my third or fourth go to but i know that when i do engage in some kind of physical activity that is so helpful in me getting those emotions out processing some some feelings some thoughts and it it's also really good for us physically too so kind of a win win there meditation is something that i've been doing for a few years now I have 
been a daily meditator. I've also been, uh, when I remember that it's helpful to me, meditator. But no matter what, in that moment, it is so helpful. You can just sit and breathe for five minutes or 30 seconds if that's all you have. But if you can, I encourage you to sit down in a quiet space and just listen to your breathing or focus on a sound and just listen to that for for a few minutes. There's also some really great guided meditations out there if you just can't seem to sit still for a few minutes. That's okay too. I love the app Insight Timer. They have a lot of free meditations. It's been a while since I've used that one, but there's tons of free stuff on Insight Timer and it's an app right on your phone. And of course, YouTube has a gazillion different meditations there. Very easy to find. I also love Ajahn Brahm, who is a Buddhist uh, a Buddhist monk who lives in Australia. He is part of the Buddhist Society of Western Australia. And you can find all of their videos on YouTube. And he has some really great talks about being happy, processing emotions. Really, if you've thought about it, Ajahn Brahm has pretty much given a talk on it. He also has some meditations. A lot of them are more silent than they are guided, but it's a, he's, his personality I find really engaging and he's just, he's a fun speaker and I have a really good time listening to him. So he can also help me kind of shift my attitude and my mood when, uh, when I'm feeling kind of down, he's, he's a real go, a really easy go-to and his talks are about 45 minutes to an hour long. So Um, and you don't have to listen to it all in one shot, of course, if you don't want to, but anyway, those are some of my favorite meditations and some, you know, inspiring talks that I like to listen to when I'm engaging in some self-care. I would also encourage you, especially during COVID when we can't go out and uh, visit a lot of places to watch videos posted by farmed animal sanctuaries. They are so uplifting. These animals are so thankful and grateful to be in a safe place where they can have friends and be around humans who treat them well and treat them kindly and know that they get to live out their lives in in peace with other animals um, of their own species. And, you know, they get to make some friends, I guess, with them. animals of other species. Anyway, I would, some of my favorites are Farm Sanctuary, of course, Jean Bauer. They have a location in um, Watkins Glen, New York. I've been there a few times. It is gorgeous, absolutely a gorgeous farm sanctuary. And the animals are just so lovely. And it's, oh, it's such a great thing to be there with them. I also love Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, also in New York. I follow, but I've never been to the Iowa Farm Sanctuary out there in Oxford, Iowa. But when I make it out to Iowa, I'd love to visit. Uh, Oh, there's another one in New York, uh, Catskills. 
there is one in New Jersey, the Skylands. Um, the Mike, who is the owner of Skylands, he's always like, first in line when there's an animal who needs to be rescued. He's always ready to go to help um, save an animal in need. And his sanctuary is absolutely amazing. And he, he does post on all of these uh, sanctuaries, definitely post on um, at you know varying frequency on their uh, social media. I also follow Edgar's Mission out of Australia and the Freedom Farm Sanctuary in Israel. It's nice to get perspectives from other countries and see uh, you know how they operate and it's just a really wonderful thing. Uh, the across the board though, when you watch these videos, of the animals there, just getting to be them, living their life as a cow in a pasture or a sheep or a goat who can run through the grass. Oh my goodness. My favorite visit to a farm sanctuary up in Watkins Glen, we were on the tour and the tour guide, as we were going up, uh, toward where the the goats were grazing uh, he mentioned uh, just give it a second when the goats hear us they're going to come running and wouldn't you know it just over this hill this little hill just all of a sudden here are these goats and they were so happy to see us and it just it brings tears to your eyes in the most heartwarming way. So while COVID is going on and we're not able to visit these sanctuaries watch their videos online, donate some money. Of course, that always can give you a, a good feeling as well. And I think that donating to something that you believe in, an organization that you believe in, and that's doing good in the world, I think that's some self-care too. I mentioned that I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I do Reiki on myself. I also do Reiki on others. And again, because of COVID and not being able to be close to others, I offer distance Reiki sessions uh, over Zoom or over the phone. So I'm also able to not just help myself, but I'm also able to help others um, with this practice. I love it. It's so relaxing and calming and really just brings everything back to center and allows me to be grateful and aware of the good that we are able to do each day by being vegan. And so that leads me, the mention of gratitude leads me to journaling. When journaling, I do, of course, let out whatever feelings are happening in that moment, whatever I need to get out onto the paper. But then I also like to follow it up with a bit of a, a gratitude practice. So I'll try to remember to write down at least three things in my day that I found were really wonderful or beautiful. And sometimes, sometimes the day is just about how great the coffee was and snuggle time with the cats. And other times it's easier to find lots of things to be grateful for. No matter what, there's always something. And that really becomes obvious when you spend some time journaling and you go back and look at um, how things have changed and your thoughts on things. It's it's a 
really centering practice, I find. And then finally, I mentioned exercise. I love doing yoga. I love yoga with Adrian. She has free videos on YouTube. Thousands of them, I think, at this point. She's so amazing and welcoming. And just it doesn't matter. Um, yoga is for anyone. Size, shape, ability. And she has so many different ways of making it accessible. She's just a beautiful soul. I don't know her. Um, but I also feel kind of like I do, um, having done so many of her videos. She does offer a membership as well. So that is an option, but you absolutely can get tons of free yoga videos right on YouTube by looking up um, yoga with Adrian. I also love dancing. I'm terrible at it. So I do try to do it where no one can see me, but that is a really great release uh, when I'm feeling upset and overwhelmed kind of by the world and um, trying to process these things that um, come up and even you know, 19 years later, there's still stories about animals and there's still things that come out um, either from the food industry or testing on animals, uh, use of animals in fashion, things that come out that still can really, you know, gut you. So you always have to be ready with some form of self-care. Those are my suggestions. And, uh, you know, of course, I, like I said, anything that really helps you to relax and de-stress, um, maybe you have a favorite TV show or something, just be mindful of what it is that helps make you feel supported and helps you get through those difficult moments. Um, it's important to take care of yourself so that you can continue to do to contribute to the world by being vegan. So with that, this episode, by the way, pretty long because of the interview with my husband and turns out I had more to say around uh, self-care as well. So with that, we'll wrap up self-care. I'd love to hear any suggestions that, suggestions that you have about self-care, your practices. Feel free to email me, or find me on Facebook. You can email didyoubringthehummus at gmail.com. Or you can find uh, me, of course, on Facebook um, by searching Did You Bring the Hummus. I'd love to hear from you. So here we go. Here is the interview with my husband, JP, about all of our favorite substitutions. Hi, JP. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Today, we are going to talk about substitutions. Um, we'll start off by talking about our favorite food substitutions, and then maybe we'll touch on some personal care products and stuff we use around the house. I guess let's start with the big one. Favorite meat substitutes. Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm still sort of working through this one because I think when I first started eating substitution meats, before I went vegan, um, they weren't, they weren't great yet. Um, and they've gotten much better since then, even in just the, like the last two years. Um, I'd say right now, probably some of like the, uh, tofurkey products, like the cold cuts and 
And honestly, anything that's supposed to be a substitute for chicken is pretty good. They seem to have figured that out um, better than some of the other, you know, meats that people might be used to. Um, so yeah, like uh, Morningstar, the like their buffalo chicken stuff is really good. Definitely make sure it says vegan on the package though when you get it because not everything Morningstar makes is vegan yet. So that's important. But it should be by 2021. Yes, correct. Um, so yeah, that, those would be my picks. Yeah. I uh, I still enjoy a good Beyond Burger here and there. Hmm. Um, I was surprised because for so long I was really just into veggie burgers made from vegetables or bean burgers. And then the Beyond Burger came along. And I really have enjoyed that, um, especially on the grill. Although we did find those Dr. Prager's burgers that were yeah, really good those were as better. well. Yeah. yeah, the Beyond Burgers I find are pretty good, but for me at least, I get, it's a very specific taste um, that, I don't know, I just, after, I've if, if I've had too many of them in too short of a period of time, I kind of get tired of them, mm. so, but, you know, that's me. Yeah. They are, they are a good substitute, you know. For sure. Not not healthy, really, per se, but, you know, so if you're looking Well, yeah, healthy, if you're not going to eat them every day, then right, I think you're yeah. all right. That's true. Yeah. 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 One of the themes kind of throughout all these episodes is that while the health benefits are really nice, mm-hmm. that's not why we do it. Right? right. Yeah, that's not the main reason. Yeah. yeah. So we it's okay for us to indulge and talk about all the good, less than healthy stuff. Yeah, and that might be good for people to know, too, because I think... A lot of people that aren't vegetarian or vegan have this, you know, notion that everybody that eats that way, like all we eat are salads and and like health food and, you know, trail mix and stuff. <laughs> but like there's a whole world of food out there and, you know, some of it's good for you and there's but there's a lot of junk food That's that you can truth. still eat even if you're vegan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vegans come in all shapes and sizes and <laughs> especially as, you know, the the dessert market grows Mm -hmm. and the meat and cheese substitutes get better and better is very easy to just keep eating the way that you ate as a meat eater. The only difference is that no one's suffering for it now. Right. But you certainly can still take in plenty of fat and calories if that's what you're looking for. I mean, there are plenty of companies making that stuff specifically for the vegan market, but then there are companies that make desserts that are just are vegan you know that like that wasn't their intent but they just happen to be vegan you know the big one every vegan knows are like oreos Mm -hmm. and uh nutter butters things like that right Um, you know people might not realize those are vegan but they are yeah Um, and they're pretty good so yeah so there's certainly (laughs) no shortage of of that kind of food right yeah yeah uh so let's see what else um how about your favorite uh your favorite vegan hot dog uh probably either the smart or light life or right that yeah yeah the light life dogs i would say are probably the best ones um how about the field roast ones oh yeah those are good too (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly i guess all the i don't recall ever really having a bad one of those there it really isn't so much about the taste it's more about the the textures of those and which come closest to you know uh but they're all kind of good, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we always make the joke that, like, it's easy to imitate a hot dog because the hot dog is barely meat in and of itself, <laughs> it, it feels like. So um, So it really comes down to those those spices in there exactly. are really what give it that hot dog 
that hot dog experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the field roast ones, those are those are really good. And you can do it just simple with some ketchup or mustard, some yeah. sauerkraut, or you can do it up Italian hot dogs, you know, we're in New Jersey, so those are those are a big a big deal. That's and right. really good. You make those potatoes right and some mm-hmm. peppers and onions. All right. So we've touched on a lot of those substitutes that are supposed to mimic meat right what about things like tofu tempeh beans like what are some of your favorite things to do with those types of proteins that we can use in place of meat in our recipes and dishes so when i first started eating um some substitutes uh you know a lot of it was anything you made so i kind of just would eat whatever you made and i remember you used to make uh like um like a spaghetti with, uh, with the, it was tempeh mm-hmm. and it was like spiced, you know, really, it was supposed to be mimicking like sausage, yeah. I, I think, but you know, it tastes totally different than sausage. So, um, not in a bad way though. It's like its own thing. And that used to be, and you know, and that was way before I ate vegetarian or, or, uh, was vegan or anything. So for me, it started with tempeh. Tofu was difficult at first. Um, tofu can be hard to make if, uh, you know, you're, you haven't kind of figured out a process. So now that you have figured out a process <laughs> um, and you're very good at making it, I uh, I enjoy that one a lot, especially, you know, like when we make tacos and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you make the cubes of tofu and, um, you know, they're spiced and, and cooked in the oven. So they, they have a toughness to them, you know, that gives them a, a nice chewy consistency rather than you know sort of the mushy consistency that you know tofu is without that um so those are good um honestly most of my experience has been with those kinds of tofu tempeh um uh i know there's satan as well but Mm -hmm. uh i haven't eaten a ton of that so we have that more i think when we're getting food uh from vegan restaurants and i think even some of the um the cold cuts either from How Delish or Eureka. I think Eureka for sure, um, which right. is a great deli if you're in New Jersey or you're passing through Phillipsburg. It's a great vegan deli, Eureka Plant Based Foods, and they make their meats, I believe, from Satan. So and and their food is amazing. So I mean, good. Even if you know you're not vegan right now, I suggest go try it because it's just their sandwiches are so good. Yeah, and all their food is fantastic. Yeah. So the tempeh recipe comes from Issa Chandra Moskowitz's uh, Veganomicon. And that, I've been making that for years. And it's so good. And it is supposed to kind of be like a sausage pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, fennel is in there. Uh, and that really kind of gives you that flavor where you you kind of feel like maybe you're eating little right. chunks of sausage. Yeah. And that's my favorite tempeh dish, too. Yeah. Um, we made that Reuben one time too. Oh yeah, we were, that was really good too. Yeah, there yeah. was a, a program that we yeah we had tried out. Um, it was called Crazy Sexy You. Yeah, Chris um, Carr. That's Chris right. Carr. And one of the uh, one of the recipes was a tempeh Reuben yeah. sandwich, and so it was time consuming to make. So it's not something you just want to throw together, but it was it was very good. Yeah, it was tempeh, that was really good. You make your own Russian dressing. You mm-hmm. know, obviously a vegan version of it, and. Uh, yeah. Some sauerkraut. Forgot about that. And yeah. Some was, relish. Relish. And, yeah, it was very uh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there are tons and tons and tons of good recipes out there. You know, almost anything that you want to eat, you can just search for a vegan version of that and you're going to find a, probably a good version of it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, when you're first going vegan too, don't think about it too much. Think about what you ate before and just replace the animal portions of it with plant right. portions of it. You know, a lot of meat eaters, it's protein, grain, and vegetable. Mm -hmm. So just replace the protein. And so instead of having a steak, figure out, are you going to have beans or will you have a tofu steak or um, some tempeh or like a burger, like a Beyond Burger or something yeah. like that. And so it's, I think it is pretty easy if you think about it that way, um, replacing those yeah. those items to swap them out. Um, Even if in the beginning you need things that look exactly like the meat version of yeah, whatever you, you can were find eating, it. and that is what you need to get you to do it, you can find it. And really, you know, being vegan, the biggest thing about being vegan is to try and do the least amount of harm. So... Even if it feels strange to you, like you're not eating animals, but you're eating something that looks exactly like a meat product, that might just be what you need to do at first. And, yeah. and that's okay. It's still far better than eating the meat products. So. Absolutely. And with the tofu, my suggestion there, and really what has kind of transformed my tofu game, if you mm -hmm. will, is you freeze it first, and that gives it an extra chewiness. Mm -hmm. Then you press it. And I'll have more on this later because we're finally getting our first tofu press coming soon. Mm. Uh, we're going to see if we can get some answers out of the tofu. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been kind of lazily pressing it, not really leaving it for hours or anything. So despite that, uh, the tofu still does get that really chewy consistency. And my seasoning technique is so simple. I just, um, if I'm cutting it into cubes, I throw them in a bowl. And I just toss in some salt, pepper, and a ton of garlic powder. I don't cook with oil, so I don't cover it with oil or anything. And then I just throw it in the oven at like 425 for 10 minutes. And I flip them over and I kind of go until they look done. They get a nice brown around the, the edges. And depending on how well done you want your tofu, it can take you only 20 minutes in the oven. Yeah. Um, and it comes out really good. The consistency is really nice. When you said, uh, it reminded me just now when you said, uh, you know, until they look brown or whatever, it, it kind of reminds me of all the experiences we've had, like making stuff over the years. <laughs> and so it's a good reminder for people that when you first go vegan and you're trying to make these dishes some of them are going to be horrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> whether whether it's because it just didn't come out the way it was supposed to or like say you're doing a, a you know one thing that's notorious right is nutritional yeast mm, which they use yeah. in a lot of dishes <laughs> uh, to create sort of a, a cheese flavor kind of and We've discovered now that if we're using nutritional yeast that's not fortified with vitamins, mm -hmm. it's it's fine. But most of the nutritional yeast you're going to find out in the world and in stores is going to be fortified and it has a very unique flavor. So if I was going to give some suggestion to anybody that's just starting out vegan, eating, eating this way, if you come across a recipe that has nutritional yeast as part of it, half it. Yeah. Use half the amount they tell you. <laughs> Until you know you love <laughs> it. Until you know you like it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there are some people that love it. I mean, John Stewart 
you know, we saw videos of him eating it just <laughs> right. straight with a spoon. I mean, so some people love it, but not everyone does. So yeah. and it can be very overpowering. And if you're not a fan, it's going to ruin that meal. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So make sure you've got a backup at all times, maybe a box pasta and some vegan, you know, marinara sauce. And this way, if it fails, mm-hmm. you know that you can still have dinner on the table in another 15 minutes. That's a... That is great advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, anytime I think about meals that just didn't come out the way we expected them to, it's always Nooch that's the problem. <laughs> Nooch was definitely it's, a problem for a nooch. while. Yep. <laughs> but like you said, once we discovered the non-fortified one, how good have some of those dishes been yeah. where we're using the full called right. for amount of Nooch and, and it yeah. is really good. Yeah. I just, uh, I had pasta the other day and uh, I have, uh, well, I say I because I like the, the Nooch products more than you do. But uh, we um, we bought some Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. and it's made from nutritional yeast, and I, I want to say cashews. like cashews. Yeah. Um, it's actually called Nuchit, I think is the name of the brand, but it's great. Um, it, it just gives it this light, like, flavor of that's reminiscent of having grated, you know, mm. or powdered Parmesan cheese, you know, on your, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have a point there. I just wanted no, to tell you another No, that's actually a great segue because... <laughs> Next, I was going to ask you about cheese. Uh, what's your favorite vegan cheese out there right Definitely now? follow your heart. Yeah. Uh, they make, as far as I'm concerned, the best cheeses. Um, they're the only cheese that I've tried so far where I can just eat a piece of it. I don't need it to be in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, even just eating a piece of their cheese is delicious. It reminds me. And specifically, I love their pepper jack. Yeah, it's cheese, a good one. But they're all good. I mean, they make a smoked gouda. They make an American, I believe. Mm-hmm. A cheddar. I think so. Maybe provolone. They definitely have provolone. Um, they're all good, though. And yeah. they're, I mean, if you're going to cook with them, then you're definitely good. Um, they melt really nicely. Yeah, grilled yeah. cheese with them is, yeah. is amazing. Um, oh, yeah. So grilled cheese, just a quick little recipe here, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got the vegan butter and... Any kind of vegan bread, mustard, right? Mustard That's what is I really like to add them, to yeah. it. Some spicy mustard, two slices of the follow your heart pepper jack. Mm-hmm. That is a grill. Oh, and maybe then some hot sauce to dip it in. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Texas Pete's for me, for sure. Texas Pete's, I'm really any hot Cholula, sauce is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, any hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, anything you want to keep cool. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that it, it's great. Um, honestly, I, I couldn't even give you another suggestion because I've never found anything even close to follow your heart. Yeah, and I was really surprised. What's my favorite one right now? The smoked Gouda, right? right yep. Which when, before I was vegan, I don't think I'd ever even had Gouda. I'm not sure I've eaten Gouda cheese once in my entire life. I think same. And then, uh, and then for it to be smoked too, mm-hmm. you know how I feel about smoked foods. Yeah. I do not care for you them. I do not. But man, if that cheese is not my favorite cheese right mm-hmm. now, and the texture, it's so smooth, and it doesn't have that weird aftertaste a lot of a lot cheeses of vegan, can yeah. have, and it's it melts really nicely. Mm-hmm. It's it's just as good a, on a Beyond Burger as it is in a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. I just I can't say enough nice things about it. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. They make a they make a good cheese. Yeah, and you yeah. can get um. I don't know if Follow Your Heart has them, but I know that. Like Mayokos and Treeline, they make soft cheeses. So mm-hmm. if that's your thing, you can get those spreadable cheeses um, from yeah. those brands. And Yeah, definitely Mayokos. I think we, we got that one time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but I also don't love spreadable cheeses all that much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Probably be good with some grapes or something. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've done that. Mm-hmm. Might have a cheese board coming up in the uh, <laughs> the near future. Yeah. That'll be a dinner one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. <man. laughs> so we've really talked a lot about dinner foods. Yeah. So how about milk? Because now I'm thinking about breakfast. Mm-hmm. There's so many plant milks out there. And yeah. you, before you went vegan, you were a big milk guy, right? Like you really, you could drink a glass of milk and that made you pretty happy. Yeah. Like, like I nothing. was always grossed yeah. out yeah. by glasses of, of cow milk. So yeah, that I mean, wasn't a hard transition for me. But how about you? Well, I grew up in my house. We always had, uh, for most of my childhood, at least, it was always whole, whole milk. You know, I just got used to I wasn't one of the, I, like, in my family, we didn't, like, drink milk with meals or anything mm. like that. It was always, like, either with cookies or obviously with cereal or even just a glass of milk. But I never really drank it when I was eating food. But I had friends that did. Um, so it was just always kind of a constant. As I got a little bit older, my parents, you know, switched to, like, 2% and things like that. But yeah, I mean, there's just always milk in my house. and But honestly, I think because I loved milk so much, it made it easier for me to switch in mm. some ways. Um, because the milks were pretty good, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on what you're going for, right? If you're going for it to taste exactly the same as cow's milk, then you're probably going to be a little disappointed at first. But if you're going into it just looking for some of that flavor but also just kind of the creaminess and the consistency of milk then there are a lot of really good options for me almond milk was the first one i think i i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. and then somewhere along the line we started drinking more soy milk and then we found oat milk Mm -hmm. i've sort of at least for right now i find that i like different milks depending on what i'm using it for so for coffee I like soy milk in my coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm having cereal, oat milk. I find oat milk to be much creamier and it just works well with cereal. But it's not necessarily a great... I mean, they're all kind of really good in their own ways, but they yeah. are all very different. So anybody you know, trying starting out with this, I'd suggest just try them all and see which one you like the best. Mm-hmm. You know, Some you might have a harder time finding. Soy is very easy to find. Almond milk is very easy to find. Oat milk is getting pretty easy to yeah. find too. Yeah, there are a couple different brands now. But things like hemp milk and stuff. I, oh, they're, so good. They're still easy to find, but you might not find them everywhere. It depends. You right. Know. You can often find that stuff down that aisle. They, I think aseptic packages they're called. I never know if I'm getting that word right. Oh, right. Where yeah. they're shelf-stable. The shelf-stable. That's really yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, for me, when I first, you know, back in 2001, I started off with soy milk because that was the easiest one to get. And I didn't care for it. Mm -hmm. It tasted a lot like beans. Mm. And that was it. Just watery beans. And now soy milk's my favorite. Yeah. You know, I drank a lot of coconut milk when that kind of first hit the market in the early 2000s. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And now I don't want anything to do with coconut milk. Right. Uh, Cashew milk I love, especially like chocolate cashew milk. Mm -hmm. Chocolate oat milk is really good. I went through an almond milk phase too, but I've always hated almond milk in my coffee. I just feel like it changes the flavor of the coffee so much mm. and I don't care for it. I mean, I typically drink my coffee black anyway, but I agree I'm, I agree with that. I don't love almond milk. Yeah, in my it kind either. of like just changes the flavor profile. Yeah. And one thing to remember, I, I think that 
it took me a while to realize this was you know all the stuff that you eat growing up um when you decide that you want to start eating differently basically um and this would even apply even if you were just doing a normal change in the way that you ate even if it wasn't vegan um it's gonna seem weird at first because you know all the stuff that you you grew up eating that's like what you're used to so when you first go vegan everything's gonna feel like you're eating a substitute of something else that takes a little while to go away but it does eventually shift to become sort of normal for you and now it feels like that's what you have now so when i think of having a glass of milk i don't I don't have this thought in my head anymore of, well, I'm going to have a milk substitute and have a glass of it. It's just milk now. Yeah. You know, like there's no, there's no thought. It's the same with like burgers and it's the same, like for the longest time I was always constantly comparing the taste to something else. But if you stick with it, that changes. And now all of a sudden you don't miss that old food anymore. Now I would miss this food if someone took this away from me because this is what I'm used to eating now. Yeah. So that's important for people to remember because I think the uh, that feeling of, of oh my god I have to I have to eat substitutes for everything I like that doesn't last forever so just stick with it and and keep it up and you know eventually you know it'll just be what you eat yeah, yeah. and that can come up too a lot probably during holidays right mm-hmm. like so much of the holidays we celebrate together are focused around food right and so. If you associate your favorite grandmother's apple pie with Thanksgiving, that first Thanksgiving that you go vegan and you're not eating your grandmother's apple pie, you're going to have feelings around that. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is, is that you can make a vegan apple pie and you can even take grandma's recipe and just veganize it. Yeah. And before you know it, that will become your favorite apple pie. Right. And you can still associate it with that holiday and with your family. And Mm -hmm. so even when it feels difficult that way because you have this strong emotional attachment, eventually you're right, like you said, that it will, you're not eating a vegan version of grandma's apple pie. Mm -hmm. You're just eating apple pie right you know plus if you bring your 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 apple pie to dinner and uh you have to you know you're gonna eat the vegan one and not grandma's um extra bonus you get an entire pie to yourself because <laughs> in most families if uh if they're not vegan they're probably gonna eat grandma's and not yours so there you go you get the entire pie that's true there have been many holidays <laughs> yep. where i've had an entire dessert to myself and, and people really don't know what they're missing because it out of all of the vegan foods, baked goods are the ones that can be indistinguishable. Yeah. Depending on if the person who's baking them knows what they're doing, knows how to properly substitute for butter and eggs and things like that, you on you wouldn't even know. Right. Like you wouldn't even be able to tell. You know, when you bring desserts and people don't want them, like it's uh, I don't know. They they for some reason think that it's going to taste terrible and in many cases, it tastes exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So while we're talking about desserts, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite desserts has always been ice cream. Right. And I mean, who uh, doesn't love ice cream? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my my motto has always been like it doesn't matter how full you are, ice cream melts and will fill in the cracks in your belly. Exactly. So there's always room yep. for ice cream. Do you like have a, a favorite? It's like a tasty cement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? Uh, yep, yeah, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, definitely. They, I, I mean, for me, they make, 
they make the best vegan ice creams hands down i think um i'm sure that there are small companies out there that we might not have here you know but as far as the big brands that you'll find at stores um that's the one for me i i just i haven't really loved their sunflower um butter versions which Mm -hmm. are are relatively new and they say it on it you don't have to like read the ingredients or anything those i haven't loved but their regular non-dairy ice cream i I think is really really good what i always find with ben and jerry's that i find the first bite tastes to me like non-dairy ice cream (laughs) but once you have a biter it it just it's you know yeah i mean ben and jerry's is kind of known for putting out pretty decadent mm-hmm. things and when they went into the the dairy-free sec i mean you knew they weren't going to compromise their product too right much, you yeah know? so th- it's still pretty good yeah and uh we we have our our one of our state senators to thank for, i was going for to say yeah. big shout out to cory booker for yes, that one absolutely <laughs> <laughs> He has given all of us vegans the opportunity to continue to enjoy um, Ben and Jerry's without the cruelty. And that is amazing. How does he not have his own flavor? (laughs) What are they waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone who can... cream ice cream or something? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if there's anyone listening who can get in the ear of Ben or Jerry, please... Encourage them to give Cory Booker his own vegan flavor. Right, yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> what are uh, what are your favorites? Oh, my gosh. Well, I definitely enjoy some of the Ben and Jerry's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the uh, coffee caramel fudge. Is that so delicious? No, that's a that's one of the uh, Ben and Jerry's oh, flavors. Oh, it's one of the Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Um, that one, I think, is my favorite of the Ben and Jerry's. The Cherry Garcia uh, dairy-free version is spot on too, though. So if you're a cherry vanilla guy or gal, then that uh, you should definitely give that one a go because it, it does taste very much like I remember the yeah. original Cherry Garcia. But yeah, I must, I'm such a sucker for coffee-flavored ice cream, mm. and I'm always on the lookout now for you know the vegan versions um oatly makes a good one they do and so delicious has a cold brew but they Mm. make it with coconut milk and when we're as i mentioned when we were talking about milk (laughs) yeah i uh i'm not a huge fan of the coconut milk things right now um so yeah you're you're eating coffee ice cream that tastes like coconut as well right so um so if you don't mind that it's really good because the coffee flavor is is really nice in that one. Yeah. My the first one that I loved though, like years ago, I don't even know if they make it anymore, was like Tofuti Triple Berry Supreme. Oh okay. that was a really good one. And it was made, I think, from you know, silk and tofu. Right. Well they still make uh sour cream, I know, and yeah. cream cheeses and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, so. we totally miss touching on well, I mean, we could go. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a second part of this. Almost every type of food you can think of, we could have a discussion like that's this true. On what you can have, what you can't have. Right. Um, yeah. There's definitely, like you said before, that if it doesn't matter what it is you're looking for, somebody has made an animal-free version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, oh, and what about the Magnum, the dairy-free Magnum? Oh my god. I was really impressed. <laughs> Me too. And, <laughs> particularly for me it felt like such a flashback because uh i you know i spent a few years uh growing up living in both england and ireland 
and especially in Ireland, I have very strong memories of, uh, you know, it, it still was very much the kind of, uh, life where, you know, you would still go down to the corner store to just like, you know, for 25, well, the 25 pence, you know, you'd get an ice cream kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think that already didn't exist for people our age in the U.S. Right. But in Europe, it's still, it always felt like older times were still kind of kept alive. Mm. So, so I had very strong memories of, of always going to the little corner store to get an ice cream. And over there, they always had Magnum ice cream bars and it's just really thick chocolate. And on the inside, it was vanilla. And then they made their way. I, I don't remember seeing them here until you're, I could be wrong on that. But, uh, but yeah, we got them recently and wow. I mean, that experience was the same. Yeah. <laughs> it really didn't taste much <laughs> different than they normally do. So, you know, they're, they're getting pretty good at being able to mimic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I'd never had a Magnum bar before, mm -hmm. but I've definitely had my share of, vanilla vanilla ice cream covered in a crunchy mm. chocolate shell um those types of ice creams and this was really good it was yeah, yeah. They, that's one example of those foods where i could give it you or any of us right i don't know yeah. why i'm the one giving it <laughs> but uh you could give anyone one of those and not tell them and they probably wouldn't even know yeah like it's that close right you know that that's always an interesting point with us, right? Because I've only been vegan for, you know, a little over a year. Um, and for the past, you know, couple of years, I've been inching further and further toward that. So less and less of my diet was was um, made up of any animal products. So you always ask me, you know, how close is this? Because, you know, for you, you haven't had this yeah. stuff. In, in, <laughs> I don't remember. You, know, you don't. <laughs> But I'm still close enough to it where I remember exactly what they taste like. And I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Really. Yeah, it's really great. Because you know, you'll hear it, people are always like, ah, every vegan always says that. Oh, you won't even be able to tell the difference. <laughs> I will be honest with you. Sometimes you will tell the difference. <laughs> but a lot of times you won't. And you won't know unless you try. So Exactly. Yeah. So how about um, for you? Mm -hmm. I know that one of your favorite candies mm -hmm. were always like gelatin-based candies. Yeah. Right? You love really me, love me some gummy bears. Yeah. Yep. So how what does that mean now that you're vegan? Well, it means saying bye to Haribo, which <laughs> is uh, you know, it was a sad day. Uh, but that's okay. Cuz uh Haribo just doesn't make anything, you know, and it, when anyone thinks of gummy candies, that's what you think of. Right. But there are a lot of companies out there that make pectin-based, you know, fruit candies and things that don't have gelatin in them and you know they're they're good i honestly the stuff with candy i've always looked at as kind of a blessing in disguise because mm -hmm. it, it took my options that way <laughs> from a billion different things to just a couple of handful of things yeah. you know that i can have every once in a while skittles you know and but but even skittles i'm actually not sure um I think they still are. Yeah. Because they're, they're gelatin-free. Right. You always have to worry about, too. Yeah. Um, and even within the same candies, you have to watch. Because I know, like, regular Starburst, I believe, has gelatin. Mm -hmm. The Starburst minis do not. do not. But I think now they they have confectioner's glaze. I think so. We'll have to check on that. Yeah, we'll have to check. <laughs> so certain things like that, things like candy, um, 
I, I would probably do a do a quick Google search, you know, yeah. just to be sure. Or you can download that app, um, Is It Vegan? Right, yeah. That one is pretty accurate because you just scan yeah. the barcode and it will tell you the ingredients, which ingredients are vegan or not. And you get kind of like a meter where right. it shows you how close to vegan it is. And that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids, right? Tried yep. and true, the OG yep. <laughs> uh, vegan uh, gummy candy. And you know, they're... original gummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that includes you know the the peach. Do they even make the, make the peaches anymore? Those used to be my favorite. The sour We've patch peaches. About them. I've never seen them though. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I would try those. Yeah, <laughs> but the second. sour patch kids for sure. Swedish fish. Those are also uh, vegan gummy candies. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. there's still some options. You, yeah. You're not um, Laffy Taffy. Yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Halloween is not going to be sad this year. If this is your first vegan Halloween, yep. there's still um, some options. I believe peanut chews, you know, those ones that come in like the wax, orange, and black paper. Oh, right. I think okay. those too. All of our 90 year old listeners out there would be happy <laughs> to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you like peanuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, candy can be difficult, though, because, like, I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah. But, you know, animals are way more important yeah. than, than peanut butter cups. And, so. you know, they're easy to make at home if you want to make the effort that way, right? You have mini cupcake pans. You can get the little mini cupcake mm-hmm. wrappers. Right. And then you just melt some vegan chocolate, take some peanut butter. I think it would probably work best with uh, confectioner sugar. Mm-hmm. And you just mix that together into little balls, put them you know, into the melted chocolate, cover it, and then just you know, throw it in the freezer for a couple of hours. And then you've got um, peanut butter cups. I mean, you have to keep them in the fridge, otherwise mm. they're going to melt. But also Justin's. Their dark chocolate ones, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, are vegan. And, I mean, they're a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. But you can get a, a small bag of them. Right. And, you know, it can just be a, a treat. And you then know? you have the added bonus also of, you know, leaving poor Reese alone, not taking his peanut butter cup from him <laughs> anymore. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Always taking his, yeah. his peanut butter cup. I'm impressed with the stash he had on hand, though. Because <laughs> still, it's still available. Uh, such a terrible joke. Sorry you and about your that, bad folks. jokes. Yeah. We've really touched on a lot of food substitutes. Mm-hmm. But we still have a few minutes. How about like some personal care items? Like mm-hmm. do you have deodorant is a huge one. People are always like, what's a good vegan deodorant? I mean, there are even comedians that have jokes about it, right? Yeah. Like I think it's Jim Gaffigan, right? With the joke about Tom's. Oh, right. It says yeah. right on the label does not does work. Does not work. Yeah. yeah. So people are always like, what's the good one? So yeah. tell me about your favorite deodorant. Well, uh, to speak to the Tom's one, listen, I love the company and like <laughs> I use, we use some of their toothpaste and stuff, yeah. but their deodorant does not work. <laughs> At least not for me. Everybody's different. Um, I don't know. I, you know, Crystal is a is a big one, and I know you use them and love them, and I use them for a long time too because they did work. They do not make any sense though that are reminiscent of like men's men's mm-hmm. sense that you you know if you're like my age growing up with you know all the different 
right axe you know and, yeah. and things like that things and like old spice old spice irish stuff. spring right oh, or maybe that's more our dads i don't know but anyway maybe, yeah but yeah so you know for a long time i used that and it's not a big deal it's not like i was walking around smelling perfumey or anything yeah. but i just kind of wanted something that reminded me a little bit more of the scents that i enjoyed and um so i tried a bunch and i i did have a hard time finding one because i found that with almost everything else that i used i was getting you know irritation under my arms mm -hmm. for whatever reason i don't know what it was that either was in them or wasn't in them yeah that was making that happen so i kept going back to the crystal and then i don't know about six months ago i found uh, i decided to try everyman jack a lot of everyman jack's products are vegan and they will say they will say it on uh, you know you can check on their website or if you're in the store i know they sell them in target they sell them in cvs um it'll say vegan on it so i've been using their deodorant and it's great because it i don't get irritated they have all the scents you know cedarwood sandalwood all that stuff and there's no aluminum in it either which is another big thing you know if you if you're concerned about that i mean that's not not from a vegan standpoint but just from a personal health standpoint so that would be my choice if I was going to give anyone a suggestion. But there are tons of brands, so I would suggest try them out and see, you know, which is good for you. Because there are also other men's brands that, that mm -hmm. sell them too. I just happen to like Everyman Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using Crystal since 2001. Mm -hmm. It started off where I was using the actual deodorant Crystal. So it was like a stone that I had to wet and use it on my underarms and then I put it back in its little wicker basket and it would dry and then the next day start over again you have to wet it and I loved it I never smelled uh it doesn't have aluminum but the problem was that as I would use it and by the way it lasts for like a whole year it's really important mm. it's like six dollars for the whole year deodorant wise wow. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I would find that when it started to get small and not to the point where I felt like it was time to replace it but it would kind of get little cracks in it and mm -hmm. sometimes it would scratch me yeah so then I'd be irritated from the scratches under my arms so that wasn't really comfortable that's an awful place to get a scratch. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so thankfully they make a spray version they make roll-ons they now even have um solid deodorant too but I love the roll-on. I currently have a spray now, but I feel like the roll-on is the most effective. And they've got different scents. My favorite's the chamomile, but they also have lavender and pomegranate. I haven't tried yet, but I know that's a, a good one too. So Crystal is my favorite, hands down. I have tried others. I tried Lush and I loved the smell of it. Yeah, It was like my favorite smell ever for a deodorant. But it irritated me really yeah. badly. And there's just something in it that my skin didn't agree with. And same thing with Schmitz. I tried Schmitz when they first came out. And the the paste, so you just scoop a little bit out and mm -hmm. rub it on your underarm. And that irritated me too. Schmitz had the same effect on me too. Yeah. I loved the scent of, I think it was like a lime. Like yeah, it was really, like really lime nice. bergam bergamot. Is that? bergamot yeah i think that's how like you say that. it yeah I, I think so but yeah, yeah it was great but it just it irritated my skin too much yeah so. and so it really is a personal thing because that skin under your arm is really sensitive and especially if you're shaving your underarms too then you're you know there's a chance that you could be irritated by different things that way so 
just because we were irritated by this brand or that brand doesn't mean that, you know, you will be. So test them out. Find what you like best, what makes you the most comfortable. Yeah, I mean, skin sensitivities are so different depending <clears throat> on the person. So, yeah, you know, I might have suggested a, a that works for me that somebody else might get here. Exactly. You really won't know unless you try. Yeah, so. you've got to try them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, for, let me see. So you mentioned we use the Tom's toothpaste. Mm-hmm. We like that one. Now it's like if we run out and we use one that was given to us like by the dentist, mm-hmm. like the taste of it is so I can like taste the sugar mm-hmm. and it's just it's ugh, it's yeah. terrible. I like the much more natural flavored um, toothpaste. We did try a powder once and that was really messy. Yeah, and it was good, but it was messy. Yeah. 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 And very salty. I remember yeah, it being very so salty. I was so thirsty after brushing my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so the Tom's toothpaste and for me, my, I use on my face currently for the last few years, I've used lush toner, spray toner, and then the the moisturizer. Mm -hmm. I like that. We use some lush soaps in the shower. Yeah. I have. Oh, I should point out. I use a lot of Everyman Jack products like for other stuff too. Like I have like, you know, stuff for my face. Uh, they make a really good like body wash. They make good shampoo, conditioner, even down to like my shave gel mm-hmm. is uh, is Everyman Jack. So um, for guys, I don't think they make any products for women. Right. I'm, yeah, you know, that I, makes sense. You obviously can, but the scents, yeah. you know, definitely align with uh, men's products. So um, yeah, right. The name. Everyman yeah. Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for the guys that might be listening, you know. Their products are really good. Just make sure they're vegan because I think they do have a couple of products that might have... Probably lanolin. Yeah, I think lanolin yeah. in them. Um, but they may have even moved beyond that. I haven't checked in a while. Yeah. I have curly hair. So my... Yeah. <laughs> the shampoo I use now, it's actually uh, a co-wash by Curlsmith. I like that one. It is really good. Yeah. Uh, for people that, because you can't see us, um, <laughs> I, I've always had short hair. I have, I'm starting to grow my hair though. I've been growing it for about a year. So my hair is pretty long now. Mm-hmm. And I certainly have a newer appreciation for these <laughs> products. And the Curlsmith is great. It's, yeah. yeah, really good. Yeah, really keeps my hair nice and soft and uh, reduces the frizz by a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else we use seventh generation. They make some great, uh, products. We use that for our laundry detergent Mm -hmm. and we use their, uh, dish soap. Yep. And then one of our favorite hand soaps is J.R. Watkins. Yep. Right. They have a couple of good scents, the lavender, lemon, green tea. They have a green tea scent we really like. Yeah. They had a grapefruit one that was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had that one in a while. No. No. But yeah, so that's uh, those are some of the household products we use. So why don't we touch on some of your favorite places to buy vegan clothing or sneakers or shoes or belts, wallets, whatever. Okay. Um, do you have any suggestions that way? Um, first thing that pops in my mind is I, I just because I, I just bought a new uh, a strap for my guitar. Um, there's a company called Tone and Tempo, and you can get their stuff on Amazon. Uh, they make vegan guitar straps, um, which uh, surprisingly are hard to find because you know the material of the actual strap itself in most cases is vegan. You know, it's either nylon or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's the the yokes I think they call them, right? That attach to the those are almost always leather. 
So it's hard to uh, it's hard to find those. And I found them uh, because of my nephew, actually. Um, he uh, for I think it was either my birthday or Christmas or some holiday where you get gifts. He uh, <laughs> he bought me uh, a guitar strap from this place. And, uh, you know, it's completely vegan and I, I love them. You know, they come in all kinds. Every single one of my guitars has its own in tempo strap with it. So yeah, he's got a lot of guitars, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a bunch of guitars that don't have a strap yet. So yeah. uh, you can almost uh, be assured that it will come from tone and tempo. Probably they don't make crazy designs or anything. So if you're looking for stuff like that, I don't know why I'm going to, this is such a specific, you know, <laughs> That's market. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, I, last year I re- I got a pair of Doc Martens, mm-hmm. um, their boots and we got them from, what was the name of the place that you bought them from for me? Did I not get them on the website? The Doc Martens website? Oh, was it from them? I okay, think so. Because there's the place in the city, right? Oh, Moo Shoes. Moo Shoes. That's where I've gotten some pretty great sandals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess you bought them directly from Doc Martens. I think I may have, yeah. 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 So, the, I mean, those are awesome. Uh, they, they hold up. And uh, belts, you know, belts can be tricky. Uh, you know, I just get my belts at any normal store, but you, if you just pay attention, you know, you just want to look at the labels and make sure they say man-made materials or faux leather or something like that. You know? Right. Um, they they're out there. Mm-hmm. You know, then it might it, they might comprise five percent of the belts you're going to find in the <laughs> store, but they're there. Yeah. You know, you just have to be vigilant about about looking. As far as everything else, I don't know. I mean. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty simple dresser. I wear cotton t-shirts and <laughs> jeans, you know. So I, I don't really have to try that hard to be vegan with my clothes, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Most of my shoes are just sneakers, and you know they're made from cloth. Made from cloth. But anytime yeah. I do, I generally if I'm gonna buy an article of clothing, I'll actually Google vegan whatever article of clothing. I'm, yeah. And I do it that way. I I almost never go out to the store looking for that because that that can still be difficult to find, you know. Yeah. Yeah, depending on on what it is you're looking for. Yeah, right. Like if you're going out looking for vegan Doc Martens, you're probably going to have a difficult time. Unless you live in like New York City where they're going to have a lot of specialized shops and things like that. So you're probably better off just ordering stuff like that. Yeah. But the nice thing is, again, like with the food, someone has made a vegan version of almost everything. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I have a great um, handbag made from cork. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Oh, my wallet's made of cork. Yeah. yeah. I've had it for about two years now. And I, I'm i not really dainty with my with my, my handbags. So they kind of get tossed around. I fill them with lots of things from receipts to just stuff that I think I will house there temporarily until I get it home. And then it stays in there for months. So my handbags have weighed... 10, 15 pounds sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this bag is really, um, it's really holding up. It's it's my favorite. The and same, it's so pretty. The same with my cork wallet. Yeah. I, I, how long ago did I, I like probably three years ago, I've, yeah. been, I've been using this wallet now. <clears throat> and it's still, there isn't a busted seam. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. And again, that thing is in and out of my pocket and it gets thrown around. And, and you know, I've had leather wallets in the past and... They did not hold up as well as, as this. So you can find situations being vegan where you're going to, where products can be more expensive because they're vegan. But then in other cases, you can luck out because, you know, cork and 
faux leather and stuff is not as expensive as the real stuff is and in some cases i think it holds up better i think and so you don't too. have to you don't have to try to take care of it as as much right um, yeah so there can be definite you know advantages to buying these vegan products you know on top of obviously the right the very obvious upsides um there are also things like cost and yeah and things like that which um you know definitely make a difference mm-hmm. yeah I think I I mentioned in episode three, you know, if you are a person who loves designer things, you know, there's plenty of that vegan wise too. I mean, Stella McCartney has a lot of beautiful things and, you know, the price tag and all of that is right up there with any other major designer that is using animal products. And I would say that her things are more beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's options from... You know, if you don't want to spend more than $10 on a wallet or if you want to spend $300 on a wallet, you can find something at either end of the spectrum and everywhere in between. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a it's a really good time, I think, for people that could be, you know, getting into veganism now because I, I hate to use the word, but it, it's become a bit trendy kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and you have to watch out for that, right? Because there are a lot of people that will say, oh, I'm vegan. But they're just talking about food. Right. They're, they're not. They're not realizing that it's all encompassing. It's everything you do. It's the food, the clothes you wear. You know, even just how you. I don't know. It could even come down to how you vote for things. Like yeah. every you know, animals are at the forefront of of all the decisions you make, um, and that translates then to people too. Just being kind, really, in general. So it's the the fact that it's becoming trendy ha- is kind of twofold you're going to see a lot more options for people that are vegan which is great just be a bit more vigilant because you have to make sure that the people that are giving you those products also come from that place and they're not just hopping on that bandwagon right so um i don't know what possessed me to make that point <laughs> I, I guess because we're talking about designers and stuff it, yeah. it, it reminded me that bigger companies are now getting into the business of trying to make vegan products so, yeah so you know it, it's a blessing and a curse yeah and you know you want to support those smaller businesses mm-hmm. those small vegan businesses as much as you can because we're we're in it for the long haul and we want them to be in it for the long haul too at the same time if you find something you love and it's made by a different you know, designer, or you can find it easily in Target instead of having to go mm-hmm. to um, shop online or, or a specialty store that, that specializes in vegan, whatever it is you're looking for. And that's okay too, you know? Yeah, or yeah. even just like you mentioned Stella McCartney. Or yeah, Stella McCartney. Stella McCartney, mm-hmm. right? Um, just, you know, if you just, if, if you see a designer product out there and it says vegan, just look up the person. Right. You know, and if you look her up, you'll see very much in line with with the you know the movement so you can be sure that buying those products is good yeah and it's fine yeah you know if you see you know something like uh oh you know mcdonald's is coming out with a maybe look into that a little (laughs) bit because you know you probably don't have the most forefront vegans giving them advice on how to do that stuff so so you know just use your judgment that way yeah but is it coming from a place of true veganism or is it coming from a place of we want more people to buy our stuff? Right. You know? Yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. And that's something. Thanks for bringing that up, because I think that's yeah. something that could make a really great episode 
or portion of an episode because there are so many things out there you think about maybe even fast food mm -hmm. right and that they get into trying to include a plant-based option and then you know you have one group of vegans who are like i'm never gonna going to give this corporation my money because they are still profiting off of you know the cruelty of mm -hmm. animals and now they're also going to take money from vegan restaurants or vegan you know fast casual places and then there's another group that's like, but what if this is the way that we get people who think they don't ever want to go vegan right. to go vegan? And the only way you can tell someone that it's good is if you've tried it. Yeah. So there, there's two camps, I guess, that way. There has to be um, some compromise in between those. Yeah. You know? It's like everything. You can't, you can't be just super militant in one way and not allow for other people to try and jump in to bring more people into it right you know? um, yeah it, it's a difficult thing you know it, it's nothing is really set in stone with it you know you have to like you were explaining you have to think about the the long-term you know ramifications of of something yeah you know if, yeah. It, if it means that they're going to bring in millions more people that are going to try something for the first time you know out of those million people, maybe 99% of them aren't going to, like, it's not, they're going to go, oh, this isn't great, I'm going right. But even if it brings on some more people, right. it's worth it. You yeah. Know, or it might be worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, great. Thank you. Thanks for that idea. Yeah, you're welcome. We have covered so much today. We have. And I thank you so much <laughs> for joining me <laughs> and and having this this really great conversation with me i know i'm generally man a few words don't have a lot of things to say so yeah uh, that's what they say about you <laughs> for yep, sure mm -hmm. <laughs> but happy to do it yeah well thank you so much you're welcome thank you i hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring if you have questions suggestions for topics you would like me to cover or are a vegan who would like to be interviewed in a future episode email me at didyoubringthehummus at gmail.com. I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening.